good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. I-95, night, deep night, burned out street lamps, we're roughly 35 miles outside of Portland, Maine, a road sign informs us we're 22 miles from Jerusalem's lot and 15 from Castle Rock, headlights cut through the darkness as a busted up Buick pulls to the side of the road. A husky older man, Bill, hustles out, grabbing at his belt. Why'd you have to have that second nozzle up, Bill? This snake's ready to spit venom. Bill makes it to the trees at the side of the road. Slow pan from the pissing man to the trajectory of his headlights, which shine on an empty church, its windows shattered and jagged. A gray cat sits on the steps, unmoving. Slow pan from the church to Bill. Heavens to Betsy, forgive me, prostate, for I have sinned. Slow pan from Bill back to the church. The gray cat still sits on the step, but it's no longer alone. A dark man sits on the same step. Cowboy boots creep up denim legs. Buttons dot a denim jacket. An impossible shadow swallows the dark man's face. Slow pan from the church back to Bill, who's all done. Slow and steady, and not a drop wasted. He turns back to his car, following the headlights. His eyes widen. Cut to church steps. The gray cat sits, alone. Bill walks to the cat, holds out a hand. Aren't you cute? The cat swipes at him, eyes glowing in the headlights. Easy, Fritz. Shaking his head, nursing the non-existent scratch on his hand turns back to his car, and the dark man is standing between the headlights. His face is still masked in darkness. Shining through that scrim of black, however, is a white smile, like milk curving through an oil slick. Howdy. Bill is caught off guard, hand clutching his heart. The hat falls off his head. He scrambles to pick it up. When his eyes turn back to the car, the dark man is standing by the passenger side door. Liquid lunch, detective? You spend your morning John with a pancake for brain sheriff, and you do the same. How'd you know I was a detective? The dark man cocks his head towards the windshield. Bill's detective badge sits on the dash. Your cat? Well, us strays stick together. How about a lift? That cat ain't getting in my car. Uh, just me, then? You break down? In a manner of speaking. Pass it through Castle Rock? Just a hop, skip, and a jump. Doors unlocked. Inside the car, Bill drives, shoveling some chips into his mouth. The dark man, white smile piercing his black shadow, sits in the passenger seat. Orchard Castle Rock. Old friend. Lady friend? I think so, but uh, names can be deceiving. You're telling me. 
spent the afternoon chasing four different John Smiths through Portland. Not one was the one. And, uh, what did this elusive John Smith do? That's the thing. Nobody knows. Fires, property damage, bodies. Tall fella. Scar carving through long, dark hair. Easy to spot, but hard to pin down. Bill yawns, struck by a sudden bout of exhaustion. He looks at the dark man who stares straight ahead at the road unfolding below them. (sighs) You know what happened in Castle Rock, don't you? The murders. That missing Deaver guy. (sighs) Whatever the hell went down at the old Martin house, town's taut as razor wire. Ain't no joy in these streets no more. Hey, you awake? Uh, I'm drinking. Bill furrows his brow, yawns again. (sighs) Might need to get a room there myself. His head droops a little. The dark man stares straight ahead. The car begins slowing and drifting across lanes. It crashes through a sign reading, Road Work, headlights illuminating a copse of trees. The sound of crunching metal shattered glass as cries of pain erupt all around the dark man. He, however, never jerks, swings, or falls. It is as if an invisible shield surrounds him. Moments later, the dark man stands outside the car, unscathed. His face, no longer cloaked in shadow, is hairless and tan and handsome. He looks out, sees the not-so-distant lights of Castle Rock's quaint downtown. He looks to his right, where a rundown warehouse looms in the darkness. As he walks away, the windshield reveals Bill unconscious in the car. He's alive, but bruised, hat cocked over his closed eyes. On the dashboard in front of him is a badge. It reads, Detective Bill Hodges. Inside the warehouse, the dark man walks towards a wall of storage units, many of them either abandoned or covered in cobwebs. A door is drawn over one unit, and on it is painted a red eye, crude and cursed. From the dark man's pocket comes a keychain, two ornaments, The letters R and F dangle from it. The eye glows lightly as he enters lock into key. From inside the storage unit, we see the steel door lift, moonlight pouring in. The dark man, eyes now oozing a coarse red, stands directly before it. A 1958 Plymouth Fury, in pristine condition, with not a speck of dust upon it, sits before him. Its engine roars to life, its headlights flash on and off. There is no one behind the wheel. Someone missed me. Castle Rock's Mellow Tiger is hopping. A gaggle of girls giggle over the jukebox. (laughs) What's with all this classic rock bullshit? Got any gaga? Behind the bar, the drink slinger turns around to reveal it's Jackie Torrance, a pretty blonde in her early 20s. We got radio gaga. If you're looking for a lady, might I suggest Janis Joplin? You all look like you could use some cheap thrills. The girls don't care. Jackie turns her attention to a dark-haired gentleman at the bar. A scar cuts a path through his hair. This 
is John Smith Jr. Another gray? Whatever's cold. Gray it is. You a rubbernecker? What's this called? Gray matter. Why would anyone name a beer gray matter? They bottle it up in banger. So you're a rubbernecker or what? What would I be rubbernecking at? Ever since the Marston House blew up last year, this town's been plagued by reporters, sicko tourists, whoever. Some people think it was all part of a cult or something. Was it? I don't know. Weirder shit swam through these streets. I was out west. And what's out west? A hotel, supposedly. Gone by the time I arrived, just ashes. Gave me an idea, though. You might have seen it next door. Oh, that's yours? The New Overlook, Castle Rock's newest and finest bed and breakfast. Got any rooms? Oh, about 19. Out of? 20. Well, you know what? Make that 18. I need a place to stay. Really? Oh, thank God. I'm Jackie, by the way. Jackie Clark. There's a commotion as a group of burly drinkers make for the exit. Jock, you are not driving home. Not tonight. I'm fine, Jackie. You keep flirting with Scarhead over there. (laughs) Jack Merrill, ladies and gentlemen. As Jock passes by John, he bumps into him with his shoulder, smirking. John has a physical reaction to this, his hand clutching his forehead. Suddenly, we're inside John's head. Grainy images pass. Jock and the boys climbing in his truck, roaring down the streets of Castle Rock and crashing into a building. Flames. Burning bodies. Back in the bar, John snaps out of it, stands up. Give her your keys. Excuse me? I don't want any trouble, but you're clearly drunk. Not so drunk I can't make that scar six inches bigger. Oh, Jack Merrill remains undefeated. Jock swings at John, who dodges it and delivers a pitch-perfect thrust kick. He crouches into a fighting position, then delivers clean roundhouses to the rest of Jock's crew. Jackie watches on. Where did he learn how to do that? Grab his keys. I'm calling you a cab. A few hours later, closing time, Jackie locks the door, then she and John walk next door. There sits the new Overlook, a rustic yet sprawling house not nearly so imposing as its predecessor. One light shines from an upstairs room. Lone tenant? Keeping me in business at this point. Jackie shows John his room. Small, cozy, and clean. John drops his suitcase. Room 217. My favorite. Yeah. Yeah, this should work. Can I ask you something? Where'd you learn those moves? Old job. Old life. Oh, I forgot to ask. How long do you plan on staying? Do you think I could get back to you on that? Thunder and lightning outside. John cringes. You okay? Uh, I just don't like lightning. Well, have a good night. And if you hear anything, it's just the pipes. She leaves. John begins unpacking. Suddenly, through the window, a flash of orange colors his face, and he looks up in fear. In the distance, an orange glow. The lightning. It's gotta be.
A blonde woman, face set and determined, charges down the street. Walking towards her is a tipsy Jock Merrill. Hey, uh, where are you off to in such a hurry, sweetheart? She stops, looks at him. I'm looking for a hotel. <laughs> I got a place you can stay for free. Shut up. She walks by him and he grabs after her. She seizes his forearm. Jock screams, pulls away. His arm is seared, smoking. This is Charlie McGee. John sleeps. The lights are off in both the room and the adjoining bathroom. After a moment, the bathroom light clicks on, shining on John's sleeping face. It turns off. It turns on. Softly, the sound of a body slipping into the bathtub. This stirs John from sleep. Charlie marches deeper into Castle Rock. Slowly, a cop car rolls up next to her. Officer Tessio leans out. Miss, we have sidewalks for a reason. Miss, did you bump into a young man a bit ago? Beard, flannel, bit of an asshole? Miss, I'm gonna need you to- Her gaze unwavering, Charlie raises her right arm and the car flips like a lawn chair in the wind. It lands with a crunch on its roof, and Tessio shakes his head, dazed and bruised but conscious. What did I say? Charlie is further down the street. Tessio dizzyingly climbs out. Get back here! Hey! Charlie turns, her arm reaching out towards him. Lights flicker in the windows of the surrounding homes. Tessio looks at her arm. All the hairs are standing up. Suddenly, the power lines explode in a sheet of sparks as a fireball launches from Charlie's hand. Tessio dives out of the way, and the fireball hits the car, which explodes in a flower of flames. Charlie marches on. Tessio's radio squawks, confused voices. Tessio, red and sweating, unhooks it, brings it to his mouth. Hell. That's what happened. Hell has arrived in Castle Rock. And she's kind of cute. John's room. Someone's in the tub. John is inching towards the bathroom door, which is ajar. Through the crack, he sees the tub's shadow, as well as that of the hunched body that's inside. This is a dream. This is a dream. This is a dream. He changes his stance, peering through the crack from another direction. He sees the mirror, sees his own pale, scared reflection. He tips his head, sees the edge of the tub, tips his head more. There is a woman in the tub, and she's beautiful. Her eyes raise. She looks into the mirror, right at him. John screams, shaking. He looks back into the bathroom. The woman is gone. In her place is a rotting gray corpse, its eyes shining like miniature flashlights. John blinks tightly. When he reopens his eyes, the tub is empty. No woman, no water. The light, however, remains on. John opens the door. A middle-aged man wearing a robe stands there. Hello. Uh, hi. Uh, who are you? Your neighbor. Is everything okay? Why are you here? I heard screaming. I, uh... I, I saw something. I think. You too, huh? Listen. Jackie arrives. Have you guys looked out the window? John does. Jackie and middle-aged man follow him. An orange glow covers their faces. 
John's face falls. She's found me. Who is she? The Firestarter. <sighs> to be continued. This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>